Ah, yes, ladies and gentlemen, my name is Jack Farmer, his name is Andy Rossi, and this is the Evolution of Movies show. Andy Rossi, before we get started with the show, you've got huge news. Dead Body Movie, it is out now for everyone to consume on Amazon. How do you feel? I feel great, yeah. especially we've been talking about it for a while. Our, uh, our listeners probably like, uh, yeah, but where can I see this movie? So yeah, it's on Amazon. If you're listening to this, make sure you do uh, select Dead Body from 2022. <laughs> There's actually another movie called Dead Body from like 2017. You can watch that one afterwards. Just make sure you got the right Dead Body. Right, yeah. There's 2022. It's this year. It's a current release. It's won tons of awards. Best way you could spend a dollar ninety nine, I always say, is renting this movie on Amazon, and you can check out Andy Rossi with his acting chops, Jack <laughs> Farmer with his acting chop. Yeah. So I got one line, I get one <laughs> chop in there. Uh, the, let's let's get this show on the road. We'll talk about it a little bit more. Uh, we have our very first two time guest of Woo. the season, ladies and gentlemen. He is a writer. He is a content creator. He is a broadcaster. He does it all. He's given Tony Danza a run for his money. He does so much stuff. <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, it's Flobo Boys. Flobo, how are you? I was I doing okay. What's up? I was doing all right. I heard acting chop, and I totally lost it. <laughs> I got one chop. Sold out after that. Uh, yeah, yeah. So I'm glad I'm on the show today. I appreciate it. I just like that you compared Flobo to Tony Danza. What a He's wow. my hero. He knows this. Jack knows this. Tony Danza yeah. is actually my hero. Flobo, why is Tony Danza your hero? Yeah. Uh, because in a world where everyone tries to collect slashes and say they do a bunch of things, like uh, just to say they do it, Tony Danza is why he did it like organically. He plays ukulele. <laughs> He's a boxer, teacher, actor, jazz singer. Like, it's so random. And I don't know. I like the good cop. Available on Netflix. <laughs> you're see and that's what you are because you do have a lot of slashes in the name you do a lot of stuff in fact i am presently wearing a number one contender's sweater oh. says yeah. albedo.threadless.com in addition to selling shirts flow but what are what's some stuff you're working on absolutely nothing i'm totally ha- no i'm just kidding <laughs> but you, you, hit, you hit the nail on the head i'm a i'm a content creator and i, I tell people i'm a live entertainment professional puts everything under one roof uh you and i collect collaborate a bunch of podcasts as well uh in the pro wrestling space and today yep. it will be in the movie space so i'm around just google me finally i can say that it took me 10 years because those flow bots were there for a long time but you put my name in there i call yeah. page one right you had to wait wait for their one hit wonder to disappear into the ether for your name to float back up i've got a before you can google me i've got a former baseball player and a grocery store chain blocking my name from number one uh, there's a jack farmer grocery store farmer jacks farmer Jack. oh yeah uh, <laughs> but you have that merchandise i do have that merchandise it's one of my favorite shirts <laughs> uh, but i i um i, I want to talk about this show for anyone who's new to the show and you're just here to a bunch of chuckleheads laugh at each other's <laughs> jokes uh let me tell you what this show actually is it's the evolution of movies show we call it the evolution of movies because we'll watch a movie and then we use this show to talk about it like it's a book club, but we call it evolution of movies because we always watch a movie that came out one year after the last movie we chatted about. So started in 1980, went to 1981, 1982. Now we're up to 1997, guys. Dang. 1997. 
by the way, a time when movie theaters were filled with hits like Goodwill Hunting, Donnie Brasco, and of course, the Mr. Bean movie. But we oh, aren't yeah. talking about any of those. <laughs> we're talking about Men in Black, a movie IMDb describes as a police officer joins a secret organization that polices and monitors extraterrestrial interactions on Earth. Flobo, I know the answer to this question, but I ask all of our guests, had you seen this movie before, and what were your thoughts going into it this time around? I don't know how much you want me to gush or how much time this podcast is, but but this is literally my favorite movie of all time. This is I've seen this film, I think, 200 times. Um, back then I couldn't go to the theaters because my parents were a bunch of homebodies and speedy 13. And I waited the five and a half months to get the VHS for Christmas. <laughs> and, and, and it blew my mind. I never saw a movie that had so many different genres. It was actions, comedy, sci-fi, the procedural. I mean, it was just so great. It took place in my hometown. Um, I just and it changed my life. I actually applied to film school. After seeing that movie, after being seen exposed to what movies can be, I said I want to do that with my career. So far and away, I yes, I've seen that movie to answer your question too many times that I want to count. There's even a Mets cameo for you, Flobo. Yeah, us totally dropping the ball, quite literally. Go Mets. <laughs> it's what it's the reason why we have you on this show. I know this is your favorite. That's why we picked it for this year, by the way, is specifically to have you on this episode. Uh, any thoughts going into it for this viewing, by the way, that were different, or were you just like, Yeah, I get to watch my favorite movie again? Well, well, definitely that, but I wanted to I just want to double down on this. So this is the, the pop toy I have for Agent J and Frank. <laughs> And then I, I can't. He's not alone because I have Agent K and Nemo. Oh my god! And when I when I when I got to be successful enough by my own estimation, I actually purchased a Hamilton Ventura, which is the one oh. men in black use uh, when they get the, the, the last the last uniform they'll ever wear. So, wow. uh, yeah, I I it was yeah definitely watch my favorite movie again, but it definitely was kind of like a, a reflective experience because I went back to the first time I ever saw it, the times I saw it when I was like down or homesick, traveling abroad. So it was kind of a culmination of that. But any excuse to watch it, man, I'm all about it. I'm so glad you're going to be on this episode. We're going to have a fun time now. We like to play a little game on this show, Flobo. Very simple. I'm going to see if Andy Rossi here can guess the Rotten Tomatoes score. And then you're going to guess if you think the actual score is higher or lower than what Andy predicts. 200. So, Andy, <laughs> Rotten yeah. Tomatoes. Yeah. Now, so it's going to go higher no matter what. <laughs> it better be higher than the 200. <laughs> uh, but Andy, what do you, so what do you think it is? Do you think it's 100%? That would make it the number um, one movie we've ever seen based on Rotten Tomatoes. I just remember this movie was huge. I, I actually did see it at the theater. I think it came out like 4th of July weekend, if I yeah. remember correctly. Um, and yeah, just very amazed by everything. So um, especially then, I... I definitely rated it very high even this time around too um it was going against the mr bean movie so you know, competition <laughs> that year <laughs> was it called the mr bean movie Is it was just it, it was just oh, called bean, bean. yeah but if I, if I just said bean the the joke wouldn't have landed so i had to <laughs> he, he would have fit in perfectly to men in black by the way it's like an yeah. alien um i'm gonna go uh, <laughs> i'm gonna go like uh Oh man, uh, eighty. I'm gonna go eighty-six. Oh, eighty-six. That would put it just above, if I remember, Ghostbusters and Goonies. I think they were kind of in that category. 
Uh, Flobo, do you think it's higher or lower than 86? Not what you want it to be. Sure. What sure. do you think Rotten Tomatoes has, in, has yeah, put Yeah, in 97. Now, I don't remember. Do you guys do the critic score or the audience score? Critic score. Ooh. That's when it gets tough. Yeah, like Dumb and Dumber was like a 60 or something. I'm like, Come That's on. like yeah. Jack's second favorite movie. Um, it it is. Favorite? Uh, it's uh, my favorite top comedy. Two. Top two. Yeah. Okay. Uh, I'm going to say it's slightly lower, though. Slightly wow, lower. You said lower? Yeah, because critics lower. don't understand high art, bro. <laughs> they don't understand. Okay. <laughs> well, I hope you're hungry because you're going to have to eat your words. Rotten Tomato has it sitting at 92%. Whoa! Oh, top tier. I mean, that is up there with, I think Fury Road is still the highest rate at 97, yeah. but that definitely is up there with the Good Raiders Jurassic of the Park. Lost Ark, uh, Jurassic Park grouping there. Wow. This was a movie I remember when I saw it. I thought it was super fun. I want to say that this is when Will Smith was truly ascending to the top of the Hollywood A-list. Obviously, Independence Day came out, I believe, before this. And mm -hmm. that, was the, that was like his coming out party. But this was like, no, this isn't a one-hit wonder. This guy is going to be a massive star. And for people who weren't around at the time, it might be hard to remember this, but he was like rock level status as a movie star for a long time. And I think this was the movie that really said, yep, this guy's sticking around for a while. So I love this movie and it was fun to get to go back and see it. And it aged surprisingly well outside yeah. of, outside of a few outfits Will Smith wears. <laughs> this movie well, that's, aged. Like, that's like Fresh Prince of Bel-Air, you know? Yeah. Got... <laughs> uh, yeah. Outside of those, out, if you took those outfits out of it, this actually aged very well. The in, suits in, are good, though. I mean, yeah. suits yeah. with the with the Ray Bans. I mean, I still wear Ray Bans. Probably as a result of this movie, actually. Well, that's what I mean. Is I mean, everything about it, the style in it, outs again outside of those outfits that, uh, <laughs> that Will is wearing, uh, it aged very well. But we'll get into all that. We'll chat about that. This is where I do like to say real quick, thank you to everyone who's watching the show, who hit the like button, subscribe, comment, share, five-star reviews. Uh, hit us with some five-star reviews, or you can always hit us up on social media if you have any thoughts. I want to give a shout-out to Craig Robinson, by the way, on Twitter, uh, at, at CraigR959. Uh, this will show how far in advance we film our episodes. So uh, sent out a tweet regarding the uh, Jurassic Park episode saying, another great look back at a movie of my childhood. You actually made me laugh out loud talking about the T-Rex saying, Dada, if Hammond were to actually <laughs> leave the building. Uh, so thank you for the kind words, Craig. And That's a good uh, one. He's, a, he's a real one. I love Craig. Yeah. 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 So hopefully, uh, hopefully great we, on the office. <laughs> <laughs> hopefully we get some uh, get some more chuckles out of you this time around. Let's get into the movie, though. You guys ready? Let's yeah. do this. Okay. Uh, Tommy Lee Jones gets top billing as a bug flies around dodging traffic. And it says this is based off of a Marvel comic. This is the MCU. Where were the men in black and Thanos arrived, you coward? <laughs> the bug gets hit by a truck filled with people that get stopped by Border Patrol. But young Tommy Lee Jones shows up and says Division 6 is taken over. Tommy Lee Jones takes the people away from the cops. And we see that one is actually an alien. When the alien tries to attack one of the Border Patrol guys, Tommy Lee Jones zaps the alien, and then he erases everyone's memories as a cleanup crew comes through. Meanwhile, Will Smith is chasing someone in New York, and I'm going to tell you right now, getting through this movie without a slap joke is going to be a challenge. Smith walks <laughs> climb up the side of a building, but doesn't stop the chase. Smith catches the perp on the roof, and the perp says, 
He's coming and your world's going to end before jumping off the building. Flobo, this is the intro to the movie. I know you know everything that happens in this movie, but for now, just this far in, tell us about the world that we are going to be living in and the characters that in inhabit it. Well, it's funny because when I was a kid, or the first time I saw it, I was like, I think it was like, preteen so not a kid kid uh i was like come on get over the aliens like because it starts off like on, on a row on the border like oh, like where's will smith uh and right. but i but, but in hindsight i appreciate that so much because that shows you that there's that whole we think aliens are in roswell but then they're in the city uh i'm on board with that Totally to believe that Will Smith is running through New York City and it's like only three cars that stopped him. Like, I thought he even like flattened <laughs> six ways from Sunday. Uh, but a cool way to start the film. Sure. It was definitely, uh, again, just kind of seeing these characters very quickly. And Andy, I want to talk to you quickly about Tommy Lee Jones, who is just the quintessential cool headed, no nonsense authority figure. And he loses his, his partner, realizing that. Hey, it's, you got to hang him up sometime. Yeah, and looking at his partner, I could have told you that. He was ready to retire. <laughs> <Dude>. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. uh, when Tommy Lee Jones is the, the younger version, then uh, you know, the, I think the guy's got to retire. Um, they do such a great job of this movie, too, of like getting you right into like the world of uh, New York City with, with aliens. Like When that guy that Will Smith is chasing does hit the blink with the eyes, I think that is so cool because it just like shows like, oh, the aliens that are going to be amongst us actually look like us, but maybe they have like a weird little thing here and there. So I thought that was really cool because most alien movies, they just hit you over the head with it. They're like, that's an alien, you know? So the fact that they're going to be like disguised in the movie, I thought was was pretty cool. And what you mentioned, Jack, I noticed that too. Tommy Lee Jones, top billing over Will Smith, reminded me of... Uh, I felt like they did this right when we did 48 hours. That was right. supposed to be like the buddy cop. The, this is a good buddy cop movie. Like I, their their relationship is what I was looking for, I think, in the uh, 48 hours movie that we reviewed earlier this year. Go back and check it out. Yeah, uh, there were gills. Okay. It yeah, was yeah. <laughs> don't, don't jump ahead. <laughs> <No>. <laughs> what is that? Is it? But you're. You're at Tommy Lee Jones being billed first really shows where Will Smith was at this time as an actor. Because again, you assume he's just a big star, but this shows he wasn't quite there yet. No, with all due respect to Tommy Lee Jones, he's great. But when he's getting billed over Will Smith, it definitely tells you what the pecking order was at the time. And Tommy Lee Jones, again, this makes me feel so old because I always just envisioned Tommy Lee Jones as the old guy. Oh, he no, didn't look all that he did not look that old when I was watching this movie this time around. I yeah. was like, I'm looking a little too close to his age. I'm closer. I think I'm getting closer to Tommy Lee Jones age than I am to Will Smith's age at the recording of this uh, movie here. Uh -oh. I, I feel like I'm like that weird guy. He's like, when I was on Roadhouse, I'm like, have you seen Roadhouse 2? Uh, but on the Men in Black animated series, it actually DHK to be like in his early 40s. I think that was the intent. Are you talking? I feel like the Men in Black universe is so much bigger than I've given it credit for already. With Flo oh, yeah. Four movies, the animated series, the comic book from Malibu Comics that was acquired by Marvel. It, it goes pretty deep. <laughs> so why weren't the Men in Black uh, there to stop Thanos, Flova? Uh, well, you know, I mean, he's not really an alien. He's really more of a guy that transcends dimensions. So you gotta, you gotta understand. It's different <laughs> vision. Captain, Captain Marvel's problem. She should do that. <laughs> yeah, it sounds like they were chickening out is what it sounds like to me. And now that I think about it, how many secret government uh, 
divisions are there? If this is Marvel, you got Shield, you got Swords guys, you got Sword, you got Men in Black, you got. I mean, no look, you, you know how it is, Jack. Different agencies do the same thing, but the bureaucracy. There's no one talks to each other. I mean, come on. But we can't fix the pothole out front of my house. <laughs> <laughs> Any case, uh, we continue on. At a farm, a very unhappy farmer gets his truck destroyed by a spaceship, and the farmer gets eaten, and the alien wears his skin in a very disturbing scene in retrospect. Uh, he demands sugar water. Meanwhile, Will Smith is getting questioned about his cockamamie sport story about an alien, and Tommy Lee Jones shows up, and he believes the story, and they go for a ride. They head to a pawn shop, and Tommy Lee Jones shoots the owner in the head, but He's an alien, so it's okay. The alien shows off his alien guns, and now Will Smith is starting to wrap his head around everything just as he gets his mind erased. But Tommy Lee Jones gives him a card with the letters MIB and an address. Uh, Andy, this is kind of a short area of the movie, but I wanted to section it off because we get a bit of character development here as far as how Will Smith is very someone who will not budge on who he is and what he wants to do and his beliefs. Uh, but also that Tommy Lee Jones has no problem pulling strings and just sort of barging in places and taking what he wants also. And they're both amazing actors. However, the star of this movie is Vincent D'Onofrio as this bug alien <laughs> monster. He is so good, like so good at this. And yeah, him yelling, get your big butt back in the house. And then like, <laughs> You know, you just want this guy to get hit with, you know, the flag saucer. And then, yeah, him, his turn as the needing the sugar in the water. It, it's so funny. It's so good. It's so weird. And then when he pulls his skin back, like, th that's what I thought was really cool in this is like 97. You know, they're the special effects look great. Like all the aliens mm -hmm. look cool. Like the the alien in the beginning um, turns into like that big sludge thing with his little eye poking out. Like he looks great special effects makeup on D'Onofrio is great. Like this is a very cool like world and it looks really, really great. Yeah. I was going to call D'Onofrio the kingpin throughout this movie, but I was like, nah, he's doing too good. I'll, I'll respect it. Now. Uh, <laughs> it's so uh, funny. But Flobo, maybe it just went over my head as a kid or when I was younger, but that's terrifying that this alien ripped a guy's skin off and wore it like the <laughs> texas chainsaw massacre and i'm laughing at his sugar water jokes yeah that i mean living in a city you see roaches all the time so having a roach attack you was like a nightmare fuel uh, <laughs> in, in hindsight going back i didn't realize how talented Vincent d'onofrio was i mean like how does how does a roach really act you know what i mean but you can tell through there but after seeing jurassic world or the kingpin it, it was great although i was kind of offended i was like what town outside new york has people talking like that what he's out in syracuse yeah, yeah exactly, exactly. <laughs> down on the farm in, in northern new york that's but, a uh, really great point yeah i didn't re i didn't even stop to think about that 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 would be so far out of like from where these guys are operating <laughs> right well it was just cool to watch them being like in the method character that southern roach southern guy becomes or outside new york southern guy that gets yeah. totally eviscerated yeah because he got to new york pretty quick mm -hmm. they do a really good job though of making him a jerk really quickly before he dies so when he dies you're not like oh no this is so sad yeah. you're kind of like yeah he deserves it he called he said his wife has a big butt <laughs> and 
feels a little harsh to in say 2022 it. isn't that a compliment <laughs> yeah I, <laughs> you got a fatty <laughs> all right like, oh <laughs> uh so um wait can i can i talk about yeah. this one thing tony tony shalhoub um getting shot in the head I just thought it was interesting that Will Smith didn't do anything. Like Tommy Lee Jones just shot a guy in the head and he goes, Hey, wait a minute. Like he doesn't, I don't know. If I saw somebody shoot some guy in the head, I'd probably like react. I don't know. Try to <laughs> knock his gun out of his hand or something. I don't know. That's why you're not in the men in black. That's, <laughs> that's, that, that's... I would never be chosen. I'm too I rational. Did... I did sort of feel like this scene didn't actually play. Did I miss something? And let me know. We'll talk about, it, I guess, when we get to it. But I felt like this scene didn't actually prove anything. Like they didn't find anything other than, oh yeah, you are selling guns, anyways. Well, we we finally get an idea of what was kind of happening, right? Because because Jeeves is like, oh, I, I kind of sold that weapon to don't don't get mad, and that kind of makes the procedural part because it's always a shady pawn shop owner, it's always a shady guy who's like, I'm just fixing goods, I'm an honest worker. And this mm-hmm. is what happens that it stings when his head grows back. <laughs> yeah, that yes. part's great too. That that looks so good, like. I don't know. I was just very uh, impressed with all the effects in this movie. On the animated series, it becomes like a weekly joke. Like he shoots his head every week. He's <laughs> like, oh, four seasons, Jack. You never heard of this? Poor guy. Four seasons of the yeah. men, in, men in Black. Is it a actual animated or is it one of those like cheap 3Ds? Uh, no, it's animated. This is 2D. Uh, b- back when there was a kid's uh, WB. So this is oh, like, okay. uh, yeah, it's like early 90s. Um, well, the bug zap a bug zapper is doing his job as a zombie alien basically puts down <laughs> all of humankind and then bug zaps the bug zapper. Meanwhile, Will Smith goes to the MIB and sees it some kind of interview. While everyone else seems qualified, Will Smith is the street smart one, moving a table, shooting one bullet, and explaining why he shot a little girl cardboard cutout, (laughs) even if he was just BSing the whole time. In the end, (laughs) like most interviews, it really just comes down to who you know. And Tommy Lee Jones says they're going with Will Smith. Yeah. Um, Tragic. (laughs) uh, Tommy Lee Jones explains the men in black has been around for decades, and Earth is a place refugee aliens can call home. After seeing some aliens, Will Smith believes Tommy Lee Jones, and Tommy Lee Jones tells us more about the aliens and then says to join the cool kids club known as the Men in Black, Will Smith will have to essentially be erased from existence. Mm. Flobo, I want you to talk me through. This is actually the scene I remember most from this mm-hmm. movie uh, outside of the, I guess, the set piece moment we'll talk about near the end. Sure. Uh, him moving the table and doing the stuff that seems so smart but is also kind of common sense. And uh, tell yeah. me about his, his interview. Uh, well, I mean, first of all, he wrote a cephalophod down on foot. No one does that, right? That yeah, was right. an A1 bullet I mean, thing. Clearly. <laughs> uh, well, I, I, that's never the wish fulfillment part, right? You kind of feel like, especially when you're a kid and you're not the most popular kid in school, about being chosen to be something greater than self. It's people, I always, those of you who know me personally know that I tried to be in the military. And so that was cool to see. But I think watching it now, having the importance of you were the original men in black and it's your job to find the next generation. And Kay was a person that was smart, but had the intuitive nature to say, hand the flowers over, find this guy who who understands law enforcement, understands the rules, but is able to think on their own to contextualize these different alien races to me is cool. So that's why the boring part where he's like sitting on the, on the, like the park bench is like, 
contemplating life. I go, oh my gosh, you are basically being handed the keys to the castle, man. Like this is a, a big deal. So you're right. As opposed to the set piece, that is actually my second favorite part of the movie. The And I think what you see here too is it's funny because they don't actually do any physical uh, training or tests for the most part, but you actually see that and it plays in. I've noticed it this time around that Will Smith's ability in this movie to the BSing is actually half of what he does as a man in black. Once he gets going is BSing things and making things up as he goes and also trying to adjust to a situation that might not be the right situation, like moving the table. And as a kid, I watched this and was like, Oh, ha ha. He, he's, he doesn't care that he's making a lot of noise or whatever. But as like, as I'm watching it this time, like, Oh, these are literally the things he uses <laughs> to be successful as a man in black here. Now, Andy, we end this little chunk of the movie with that ultimatum, because you can never, to Flobo's point, you never just get the keys to the kingdom. You have to sacrifice a little something. The idea that they are going to erase Will Smith from existence would you take this opportunity if you know uh, not a chance <laughs> I, mean, I, was, I was watching this with my wife and i'm like wait so he he's gonna just forget it all for this mm -hmm. i don't know like it's it's i would need some he's how long does uh does k give him just like 24 hours or something yeah or, yeah or something until the next morning I give think, me a whatever. week like let me think about this let me see Aww. if i really love my friends and my family that well ah, you don't uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, will smith's line though is so funny when he hits that whatever that ball is that's flying all over the place he's like somebody get that guy some ice he's got great uh, like one-liners in, in this um and oh, i love you. uh I love when he first introduces those two twins. He's what does he say? Tommy Lee Jones. He's like, this is blurp and Bob. <laughs> so that's where <laughs> this is where I get to be that that nerdy guy. In in the in the movie, it's what and Bob. But yeah. on the animated series, it's Meliolioka and Bob. They're like, wait a uh, minute, which one is it, man? <laughs> mm, well, maybe but, that was his other brother. But but, uh, but I was going to say about the about the, the the taking on with whether I be men in black. The answer is yeah, man. You never existed. Who cares? <laughs> Get yourself well, a nice alien friend and be fine. My question so, is though, what if somebody sees you on the street and they're like, "Hey, Flobo," you're like, "Uh, I'm Jay now." I have a flashy thing. <laughs> oh well, no. But th would that erase their brain from knowing you from the past? Like if you're like, "Oh yeah, we went to high school together." Like, you would just erase them seeing you and then you would move on and they would never they'd forget they saw you what if they day. took a picture of you what if he's like hey what's up flobo take a picture and then he <laughs> are run, you, and he are you being followed andy <laughs> <laughs> hey flobo how's it going <laughs> paparazzi i'm the worst secret agent ever <laughs> uh, i want it but i do want to pose a question to you here now i love the I love a good 90 minute movie, and this is a good 90 minute, yeah. a little like 95 minutes or whatever movie. Mm -hmm. But I felt like they missed something here in that Will Smith didn't have a backstory, so I didn't feel the weight of giving up where he came from. All I knew was he was a, a, a cop, and the cops didn't like him that much to begin with. So, to me, as a viewer, I was like, Well, of course, you take this. What are you yeah. losing? I didn't really see that, like. He had a family or any of those things. And I would have liked to have seen a little bit of that. That's a good point. But I also don't want to add any time to the movie. Yeah, they, <laughs> yeah, only, like, gave, yeah. they only gave him till sundown or sunup for yeah. first decision. So not much time for life stories. It's a real good point. Because in the, in the second movie, the third movie, they added to that. But you're right. You just take that slice off. You're like, 
Oh, okay. <laughs> Mr. Blank Slate, take the job. <laughs> yeah. He's like, we're going to erase your history. He's like, I don't really have that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Things aren't going great for me anyway. Here comes the men in black. <laughs> oh, but that shot of like showing Will Smith putting on the glasses, I make this look good. Like, I love yeah. That's such a cool shot. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we'll, uh, we'll, we'll talk. Let's talk about that now, actually. So, so Will Smith joins the men in black and he gets a tour of the office. They explain that they answer to no one and they explain how they pay for everything. And they suit up Will Smith and delete his life and his fingerprints. And he's Will Smith no more. But instead, Jay, they pull over an alien that's pregnant and they find out that the aliens are trying to get off the planet. They look at tabloids for clues, and it leads them to the farm that was once the zombie alien's home. Also, the zombie alien is known as a bug. Meanwhile, the bug is following someone, and that someone is an alien, a king alien, talking to another alien at a coffee shop. They both get killed by the bug before the bug is chased (laughs) off by a cat. (laughs) Stop doing that. (laughs) Hey, hey. Uh, but this is where we do get that iconic line. This, so, so this is where we kind of get a deep dive into Flobo. And this is where I, I like movies that do this. They'll explain things that I would be asking at home. Like, how are they paying for all this stuff? Wait, where did this come from? But they very quick, they do it very quickly. And to Andy's point about the bouncy thing, they do it in a funny way as well. They give us a lot of information very quickly that feels like it explains everything. It's also oh, absolutely. It, I think not to compare the two different movies. I, this is why I give a lot of credit to John Wick, right? Because John Wick has a story that could be fleshed in, but there's enough information that if you really wanted to, you can like fill in the gaps yourself. And it's your choice as a viewer, whether you want to be force fed. Oh, this means a reservation means a cleanup on a dead body or being like, oh, OK, whatever, which makes it really, really cool. And you're that age or even an adult now. That's what you think about. When you walk out of the theater like. Iron Man 1, I can say that the original Iron Man, I came out thinking, oh man, can I make stuff in the desert? The answer was no, but I had the thought, you know what I mean? Which is pretty cool. <laughs> you go out to the desert, like, here's a <laughs> stick and a, and a rock. <laughs> no! Uh, <laughs> nuclear reactor! <laughs> right. huh? Joshua Tree's too far. <laughs> so, yeah, and this is, again, to your point, Andy, this is where they, they burn off the fingerprints and he says, I look, I make this look good. Again, showing the differences between these two characters. We talked about the comparison to 48 Hours. These two are so different, but you still love seeing them work together. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they got a great rapport together. And uh, I, I like how Rip Torn's character, too, is is like, I don't know about this decision. And Tommy Lee Jones is like following his gut and he sticks with uh, Will Smith, you know. Yeah. One of my favorite parts of this whole movie is this pregnant alien scene where oh, yeah. Will Smith has to deliver a baby that turns out to have a giant tentacle, slams him on the car, throws him around, spits out an alien baby at him. The alien baby spits on his face. Yeah. And then uh, Kay says to him, do you see anything uh, interesting? <laughs> <laughs> hey, no, he says, did any of that seem weird to you? <laughs> <laughs> All of it seemed weird, what you... <laughs> right? And Will Smith gives him just the perfect look because it's still covered in. So he's just like, <laughs> I love in this movie too how they take like I think it's right after the scene they like see like the tabloids and it's actually like the tabloids are um, real. Like it's like right. you know my husband you know 
what was it an alien took my husband's skin or something like that and it's like yeah right. no, we're gonna investigate that <laughs> right and he says the times gets it right sometimes <laughs> uh which is is very fun and again and this is just my love of tommy lee jones in this movie here showing through and and will smith and the way will smith acts so over the top in this movie he reacts to everything so well with making sounds and be like being blown away by things which i think is how we all really would be and tommy lee jones totally uninterested in what's going on around him because he's seen it so many times so mm -hmm. when he sees the pregnant alien and all this stuff going on he's not even looking over like, yeah i've seen this a million times <laughs> yeah no, nothing to see here whatever but that juxtaposition really shows just how cool the men in black are but how crazy what they're seeing is. And I've always thought something about this movie that makes it great is contrary to what Andy just said, <laughs> who didn't, who doesn't want to be in the men in black. That seems so cool to get to do all this stuff. And I, I feel like one of the most important things in a movie is you got to be either a place I want to visit or a group I want to be a part of. And this is definitely a group I want to be a part of. Yeah, there's a lot of things. There's a top level something to go, wow, but there's always like a throwaway things that makes it cool, like the worms and their love of cigarettes, or or the fact they basically do a first responder job. The original case was a domestic violence dispute that just kind of happened to be a bug into a political intrigue thing. Like that to me was so fun because it was like a cop show, but then aliens were added and it became something totally different. Cool. Mm -hmm. Yeah, this this movie definitely evolves very quickly. Again, ninety minutes. Please make more ninety minute movies, yeah. Hollywood. I love ninety minute movies. You're the man. Um, so the fellas talk to the bug's wife, and she tells them what happened. They wipe the wife's memory, and the fellas realize that it's a bug that landed, and things are serious. They head to the morgue, and the mortician finds out that the dead king alien is an alien. The mortician kind of hits on Jay, it feels like. And then they open up the face of the alien, revealing a smaller alien, saying the galaxy is on Orion's belt. They flashy thing the mortician and continue on. Back at the base, Kay is Google Earth stalking his ex, and Jay is trying to figure out the Orion's belt clue. They find out all of the aliens are leaving Earth, and a battle cruiser is coming their way, so they arm up. The bug is upset that he was only able to steal diamonds and not what he was looking for. So he breaks into a jewelry store while his truck gets towed. After a gunfight, the bug gets away, but Jay and Kay have a zombie alien, have the zombie alien's ship, the bug ship, and the alien battleship is blaming Earth for the death of their leader. Lots of stuff here happens, yeah. but uh, Andy, I want to start with you. This is where we see a little bit of the heart of Jay as after Kay wipes the wife's memory, he's like, no, give her something good to remember if we're going to yeah. do this. Yeah. Uh, and again, showing a little bit more of the, the heart and soul of the team. Yeah, Tommy Lee Jones uses that neuralizer pretty often. He's just wiping <laughs> memories left and right. I, I was thinking this time around, I'm like, wow, those Ray-Bans are pretty uh, impressive because they don't get your your brain wiped. So what is it? It's just the, the light is so bright. If you got sunglasses on, you're fine. But what <laughs> the happens? power of fashion. That's what <laughs> So what would he tell her if she had some sunglasses? I'd be like, excuse me, miss. Can you take those sunglasses off for a second? <laughs> Or is it just the Ray-Bans that Those are specially formulated Ray-Bans that are okay. just an issue. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not being a nerd, am I? <laughs> it is It is something, though, and where the heart of Will Smith and, and the serious nature of Tommy Lee Jones in this movie, I think, plays up. Because this was the first time I watched this where I was like, 
there could be some nefarious things going on with those memory erasers <laughs> if uh, you had some less trustworthy people playing these roles uh, here. Or just uh, somebody bored and just wants to like create like a crazy <laughs> story. So but, here's what happened. <laughs> Dinosaurs were around. <laughs> that would be if, if teenagers had these things. Oh, like, hey, you want to go wipe our memories and just <laughs> say something cool happened? <laughs> Dude. <laughs> Bro. No, I totally remember. It was cool. So, uh, can I say, surfing. like, one of my favorite favorite throwaway lines is uh, when uh, uh, Jay and Kay are walking out talking to, to, to Zed and Jay is making fun of Zed, you know? It's an international yeah. kegger. <laughs> Zed. <laughs> I, just, I crack up every time. Yes, I know who you're making fun of. Uh, but, but, but it was a lot to unpack there because we had the, the ticking time clock bomb with the standard galactic week happening, but there's an actual bug on the loose and there's also political intrigue. I was there. I was like, I felt at the time being like, oh my gosh, I feel the walls are closing in. Like, wh who's going to win? It was so much fun. Um, but at the same time, man, to, to Andy's point, I think I couldn't take seeing anyone getting flashed more than twice before I'd have to jump in. They'd be like, hey, <laughs> you know, you're going to give a brain cancer with that thing. Yeah, poor Laurel, the girl working at the morgue. How many times yeah. did she get neuralized? <laughs> Probably. He's weekly, like, have you, have you neuralized her before? He's like, yeah, a couple times. <laughs> I I like Every how day. I like how Jay multiple times was asking, "Have you ever done that to me?" Yeah. And kids, no. nope, no. nope. <laughs> have he has <laughs> the uh, now? This is so now we're seeing the threat to Earth that is about to happen, and the um, we see the threat to Earth that's about to happen, and we also see that uh, uh, things are kind of getting out of control here. Now, I didn't understand this. I want to go back to the beginning here. And Flobo, I'm going to ask you to walk me through this. Okay. The alien in the beginning says he's coming. The Earth is going to be destroyed. But it never really explained. Was that the bug's plan to destroy Earth? Like, was this... I don't know if it really... Did I miss that? Where they explained the actual plan? Or was it just sort of a weird coincidence? I think it's more collateral damage, right? Like, I really feel like there was like a power balance between uh, the Archelians and uh, the bugs. <laughs> I don't know what the actual actual thing was. And I think the fact that it would be like if if someone took like a nuclear missile from the United States silo, that would be cause for a war. Not necessarily mm. like, the next step is we're going to have ourselves a Bitcoin thing. No, it's just kind of like, we're doing the thing, we're taking the missile, taking the MacGuffin, and that would be the fight over it. So th when he said he's coming, though, he was referring to the bug and he was referring to the, the bug getting the galaxy. I was referring he's coming as him as being the harbinger for more. Like there's going to be a swarm or an invasion, but Edgar was like the top soldier, the soldier at arms, sergeant at arms kind of a thing. Mm. Now that said, what was interesting again too, that I didn't catch the first time around is how Will Smith is freaking out. And Tommy Lee Jones says, uh, actually, wait, this is, I think, later on in the movie but i'll just say it now anyways the um he says like this happens all every day like this is normal we just don't tell the world that this right. is happening the, right. world, the world is always at risk <laughs> do you ever watch those those cheap like reality shows like on like tlc like airport security it's like there's drugs every day and there's like cry every day and it's kind of like ah whatever but I, i'm thinking that i'm i'm totally this is me as a fan adding things onto it if there are yeah. an actual bug, there are like worker bugs or drones that go out anyway with the sole purpose to clear space. So, yeah, I can imagine having these guys fly through Earth, killing people, stabbing them necks, looking for galaxies all the time. <laughs> it also did. 
Oh, okay. go ahead, Andy. I was just gonna say, can I just say with uh, Edgar, uh, he, when when he's like getting towed and the guy's like, oh yeah, and he's got like his gun hidden. I'm just like, look at this guy. He is going to murder. Like his face is all distorted. <laughs> his clothes are all crazy. It's just funny to me because it's like it's New York. So I feel like they're like, all right, yeah, this guy kind of fits in. <laughs> but, just ugly. Yeah. But, but he looks insane. And it's funny how so many people just talk to him normally. Like, yeah, what do you want, buddy? It's like, <laughs> look at this guy. Like, run away. <laughs> so yeah, it's um. Yeah, he's he he look he's terrifying just in in presence alone. But uh, but yeah, we do know now know that Earth is in danger because the um, the the spaceship is coming, the battleship is coming. Uh, the Men in Black then decide to go shake down a puppy who tells them the galaxy is actually small, <laughs> on the neck of a cat. But the bug gets to the morgue, and therefore the cat first. After the mortician tries flirting with Jay again, the bug. <laughs> And they steal a cab, making a getaway, while the bug eats the universe. At the base, the guys are told they have one hour until the alien destroys their planet if they don't deliver the universe. They figure out where the bug is going, and it's to the old fairgrounds. Flobo, this is the, uh, the, the all hope is lost moment. The bug has the galaxy. The bug is eating the galaxy. Uh, <laughs> what the bug's plan is once he has the galaxy, but... <laughs> He's trying to get off planet, uh, obviously, and this is where we really get the uh, we're getting into the home stretch. Oh yeah! So references abounds. Uh, love seeing Frank. Frank became a, big, a breakout character on the animated series as well. Um, the all is lost moment totally because when I was a kid, I always thought the World's Fair towers were kind of weird, but that was a plan because the spaceship has been taken. Uh, so it totally makes sense in the context of making the setting a character. Like, it really felt like the stakes were rising. And plus, who wants to see a bug succeed? I don't. Uh, but yeah, I, that's what I like about this particular section of the film, because it could have easily become another battle down Main Street, like a Thor 1 type of deal. But the <laughs> fact that the goal was to leave the planet was a, a different thing. So now it's a very similar battle, but it isn't just let me just kill you. It's let me stop by any means necessary. Right. It has almost like a getaway chase scene vibe to it without there actually being a, a getaway chase scene. Uh, uh, Andy, this is um, again, what was the plan of eating the galaxy? Do you think that was just the way he's going to hold it? Or was it, did they ever give him a plan or was it just he's just there to cause them to destroy her? I don't know. I just thought once he saw that thing, I'm like, you're not getting that thing back. <laughs> yeah. That. I thought it was funny, too, when we first see Frank the pug. Um is Will Smith goes, well, obviously this guy's an alien. <laughs> <Got next laughs> I just thought that was funny. Um, was that the guy from Rocky Horror Picture Show? Sure Probably. looked like it, yeah. But yeah. he would have had, he looked the same age, so I don't know. Uh, yeah. Two things I think uh, I wanted to mention to you, Jack, that you probably enjoyed. One, early on in this movie, we get Don't Push the Red Button, and then we yes. get, um, we show a tiny little gun that Will Smith gets handed and uh, it's great because they they both pay off in a, in a little bit here. Yes, and that <laughs> I love it when I love it when they pay off. I hate when they leave things hanging for no reason. But as we get to the final uh, final act here, uh, after what has to be the special effects moment of the movie, driving through a tunnel at super speed, hitting that red button, 
The the fellas get to the fairgrounds, and as one of the ships take off, they promptly shoot it down after the Mets lose another big game. And we just, get the, what that was that was not established. They lost the game. They came back they, in the tenth. They lost a <laughs> big important game <laughs> against they a did. team that they were favored to beat. They just dropped the ball. Uh, but did. we get the iconic scene with the ship crashing right in front of the guys. The bug hulks up and eats K. Jay tries stopping the bug with no real luck there. Maybe if he slapped him. Nah, it was close. But <laughs> he's able to slow down the bug long enough for K to shoot his way out of the bug's stomach, retrieving his gun and the galaxy. The bug returns but gets shot by the mortician. After the brouhaha, K decides to retire and has his memory wiped and rejoins the woman he Google-stalked and the mortician joins the team to take his place. We end by seeing that the entire galaxy is a plaything for an alien in a cartoon-looking world. Uh, okay, so about about the plan, this is where I was confused about because I understand what I understand about the galaxy is it's a source of energy for the bugs, and the bugs are, are energy depleted. This is why they've been feeding so hard for sugar because there's no way to get that extra pep and step. But I don't understand. There's like scientist bugs waiting for them, or he's a rogue agent. That's the thing I don't want to think about. But I will say that scene where Kay goes, I'm going to get my gun back. I thought he was dead the first time. I go, well, that's a very way to go out, cowboy. <laughs> oh, wait, he's alive. He's actually getting his gun back. Yeah, it was pretty sick. <laughs> yeah, that, that was built really well because with his former partner getting uh, – retiring and him being viewed as an older character. I don't know how old he was in this movie. I don't want to call the older I get, the less I want to call people older. characters. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but uh, yeah, at the time it felt like, yeah, that could be how he goes out. Uh, Andy, what probably an all time iconic moment, this ship crashing through the universal studios globe. Is it the universal studios globe or was it just, uh, no, it's a world's fair. It's the world's fair. <laughs> The world's fair. We're in, New, uh, we're in New York, Jack. Yeah, it's the globe, but it's not the Universal Studios globe. It's it looks the, like it, though. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> I, thought I mean, it does. Thing, yeah. <laughs> uh, so they flew to they, Florida. That's what it was. They crashed I, through. Look, if there can be a farm like five minutes outside of Manhattan, <laughs> then I think that you're it, absolutely right. <laughs> they that does still exist, by the way. The tower still exists. The globe still exists, and they light it up at night. It's still like, you can drive there and be like, "Oh wow, this is like where they had the big thing." But it's not Universal Studios. <laughs> I did like uh, when we do get to see Will Smith shoot off the little gun, though. Like literally, like the kickback. He's just like flying back, and then I thought it was great during that scene too. How how Kay's like, you can't just shoot those guns in public. It's just like <laughs> you know madness. But then I thought like what they were doing was still kind of in public when the bug turns into like super bug. I'm like, somebody could definitely see this. I don't know. <laughs> I, I just kept thinking like, like stop trying to neuralize people. <laughs> like, like let me, there's, there's too much going on. It's just like, you can't, you're not going to be able to contain all this, especially like if this movie was now like people have their phones, they're going to like record it. <laughs> it just seems like very tough. Like I think they need a new neuralizer or something. Some guy sick of the Mets games going outside the park. Oh, whatever. Hey, <laughs> yeah, the whole, Shea, the whole Shea stadium, just a UFO. How are you going to neuralize the entire stadium? What you yeah. need to do is have everyone download the neuralizer app on their <laughs> yeah. phone and they'll wipe so. their own memory. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> 
<laughs> I did like at the end here, they make a Chicago Bulls uh, Dennis Rodman reference. So you oh, also yeah. had a team mentioned, Andy. Yeah. Uh, and that just felt late 90s when they were talking <laughs> Dennis Rodman. Perfect, perfect person, though. I, I mean, yeah. Dennis, what did she say? She's like, not much of a disguise. Yeah. <laughs> I, uh, I did want to mention one part that I thought was really smart on this movie was uh, when the bug man first goes to the morgue and David Cross has a cameo and he's yes. swatting the bugs. Um, I thought that was great because then uh, later we have Will Smith, you know, smashing bugs. And uh, I just thought that was clever for them to be like, for you to be like, oh, he's affected by, you know, the bug hitting. And then later, obviously, it works out to to Jay's advantage with the uh, the stomping of bugs. <laughs> Speaking of feeling old, seeing David Cross looking like he was supposed to play a young person made me yeah. feel very old as well. Because yeah. uh, he looked like he was playing, definitely playing a younger person there. But I think for me, the story of this movie and what makes it stand out as we kind of go through our final thoughts here is... Uh, the thing that makes this movie stand out to me, outside of obviously being a vessel that helped launch um, Will Smith into superstardom, is that this is a movie of you can't judge any book by its cover. Because throughout this movie, constantly it was giving us things that was presented one way and then it was like, nope, something else. Like the pawn shop, nope, something else. The uh, alien leader having his face open up and, uh, oh, actually he's a small alien inside yeah. the alien. Mm -hmm. uh, the gun being small, but actually being super powerful. Everything in this movie is saying you can't judge what you see based on how you see it because it could be anything. And there's a magic to that that I think you leave with the theater, leave the theater with saying you can't judge anything by how you see it because it might be more than it really is. And so I really loved that uh, about this movie, especially uh, with uh, Orion's belt. I thought that was really clever because they actually like went through, they looked at Orion's belt in the sky and then like yeah. all along, it's like, no, it's on the kitty. Yeah. <laughs> By the That's way, not, I a, the story. not a belt. It's a collar. Um, I was, yeah, he was I dying, man. <laughs> I mean, his English is, is, his English is perfect and he doesn't know collar. Yeah, and he can't and he can't say my cat's collar like that would be so much more clear than something like, "Hey, I'm from outer space." And I'm also going to reference this thing that is clearly an outer space thing. I mean, are come you, on, alien leader! How do, on. No wonder your people are struggling because you're a bad communicator. That's what you're worried about. King. The fact that the the bug went through the neck and somehow that's dying, and you're worried about the collar versus belt situation. <laughs> Look, think about it. <laughs> No, TMI, but when you have the runs, you're not thinking clearly. You're just thinking, like, get to the bathroom, right? It's probably the same deal. I still know the word collar. Oh, come on. <laughs> I would I'm say you a math equation and when you have to go. Okay. He does say, say, what do you call it, though? So, yeah. I would say get my cat before I'd say the galaxy is on Orion's belt. <laughs> There'd be no movie. It's the get the cat. cat at the end. Get the cat. Uh, Andy, what are your final thoughts on this movie? Uh, yeah, I mean, great. Just like you said, like seeing Will Smith getting kind of shot into superstardom. He's so charismatic in it. And Tommy Lee Jones is is brilliant as this character. I, it's just fun watching them two together. And like I mentioned before, D'Onofrio, I think it's so, so funny as the bug man. Um, the person like that I um, am interested in knowing more about, and Flobo, you could probably tell me, but um, the Laurel character that works at the morgue, who's in the movie quite a bit, and she does a great job in it, 
and I thought it was cool. Like the ending, you're like, oh, it's going to be like a female Men in Black now or a female co-star. And I'm like, cool. So Men in Black 2 would probably be Will Smith and Linda Fiorentino. But right. it's not. They right. She's done. She's never in a Men in Black movie ever again. So yeah, I thought right. that was interesting because I'm like, I kind of want to wanted to see some more of that. But I'm with you. I, I feel like the Men in Black franchise is it is a good movie, but the franchise is so checkered that I always feel weird to recommend it because two trying to put the romance back into it and uh, agent l get written off of the line she wants to go back to the morgue really that's okay uh and, and the third one has its own problems the fourth one i don't like to talk about at all but but this movie at the time where we were in as a people we were having that cynicism that late 90s cynicism the sense of wonder was gone we're four years removed from jurassic park we're actually defending uh the white house getting blown up on screen it was cool to see something that was good natured even and it played with perspective it was brightly lit it was my hometown it was comedy it was action it was kind of like hey let's have some fun before the doom and gloom of y2k uh yeah it was a good time i still like to watch every now and then yeah i i do think I get what they were doing by teasing what men in black two would be uh, with the new pairing and everything. But I think I would have been very disappointed if it wasn't Tommy Lee Jones and Will Smith again as, as the, as the men in black, you know what I mean? Like, I feel like that was the right call anyways, to just have them two together. But uh, you can still be a good movie, by the way, even if you're a part of a, a franchise with a checkered history, as they say, because mm. look, Terminator two is still one of the greatest and they they've got some checkers <laughs> yeah. yeah exactly yeah well wasn't the latest men in black with chris hemsworth was the yeah men in black international that's the one i want like to talk about because okay. that that's a whole <laughs> the, the whole premise is flawed but that's another issue for another time yeah we'll <laughs> don't ruin this episode <laughs> I'll, I'll rant for hours well before as we wrap up we always play a little game with andy rossi to see if he can do a six degrees of kevin bacon uh, with a character from this movie, Andy, I feel like mid '90s is peak Kevin Bacon time, so you shouldn't have any trouble with this one. Yeah, uh, I already know. I already got it. I already got a connection. I think is it Brad Pitt in that movie you keep mentioning all the time? <laughs> I could, I could go that route, but I'll go even easier. Kevin Bacon and Tommy Lee Jones are in a movie called JFK. Yeah, yeah. There you go. <laughs> but if you yeah. wanted to play the other way. Uh, we could do Tommy Lee Jones played Brad Pitt's dad in Ad Astra, and then Brad Pitt <laughs> in Sleepers with Kevin Bacon. <laughs> You're the reason why the one copy of Blockbuster was taken out. <laughs> I actually love that movie. I think it's Yo, check it out, Sleepers. <laughs> oh, Sleepers, yeah, Sleepers. Sleepers actually is 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 uh, kind of terrifying and not not like a great watch, like. You got to watch some Seinfeld or Friends after watching Sleepers. It's kind of disturbing. You know, you could do uh, if you wanted to. You could do Will Smith with um, in Bagger Vance with um, Matt, <laughs> Matt, Damon. Matt Damon, who was in Ocean's Eleven with Brad Pitt, who was in Sleepers. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it, it, it all works. <laughs> it's so easy. How do you not take the Sleepers route? Uh, that does it for us this time around. Men in Black. That was a fun one. Nineteen ninety-seven. We go. On our next episode, we're going to 1998 to chat all about the teen dramedy. Can't hardly wait. That'll be a fun one to revisit. Then we go to 1999 and we have a special request movie and it's Deep Blue Sea. Very excited to watch that. I've heard about it. I've never actually seen it. So that'll be wow. fun. 
And then we go to the year 2000 for one of my personal favorite movies, The Way of the Gun. So that'll be a fun one to revisit. Oh, man. Uh, uh that that those are our next movies uh i'm at real jack farmer across all social media andy rossi where can the world find you and that movie dead body movie that's also <laughs> available on amazon prime go check it out repeat that all you want andy where can we find it uh find the movie at dead body movie find me at just andy rossi cool. and flobo voice where can the world keep up with all the stuff you're working on, uh, books they can buy from you, shirts they can buy from you, tickets to shows they can buy from you, shows they can listen to with you on it, take it away. Well, well I was going to say, if you want to talk to me about the dope music video, uh, the Minute Black video, hit me up at Global Voice on that yeah. Twitter because here it comes. How is it making that? Yeah. Uh, the VHS had the video in it. It's pretty cool. The first bonus feature. Um, yes, book is called Graduation Day. Perfect time in May, in June, for those new graduates taking on the world and the workforce. Get your copy of Graduation Day on Amazon. But other than that, two websites, flobito.com, F-L-O-B-I-T-O.com, and newamsterdam.com, K-N-E-W-Amsterdam.com. I'm over there. And I will say, the first bonus feature, in my opinion, was actually Batman, and it was Donald Duck and Bugs Bunny trying to get you to buy merch in the cartoon at the beginning, but I digress. <laughs> that does it for us. This has been the Evolution of Movies 1997, Men in Black. We will see you all next year. <laughs>